Welcome to the Person Behind the Pads podcast, a chat with a Colts player about life off the gridiron. Welcome to the Person Behind the Pads podcast, a new Colts podcast series in which we talk to players about life outside of football. We talk about everything, family, food, friends, growing up, the only rule, no football questions. And our guest this week, wide receiver, I don't even know if I can say by position, wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. because we're not supposed to talk about football. So from this point on, just Michael Pittman Jr. It's so great to have you. Thanks for taking the time to sit down with us. Thank you guys. Now, this time of year a lot of people will see out in front of the complex there's a huge pond there's a little golf course you're probably one of the guys who most frequently takes a little time maybe in the afternoon to go out there do a little bit of fishing maybe get with the guys and play golf but most recently we have multiple reports that you've taken advantage of seeing other guys out there on the golf course and when you're maybe pulling out of the parking lot they get into the back swing and you don't just honk the horn of your pickup truck you actually have a very unique sound of your truck yes so i do have a six horn train horn kit i think it's like the like nightmare horn blasters kit and I like to have fun with it, you know, when, you know, like I try to catch guys walking in and out and I mean, it works probably 90% of the time. I mean, I mean, guys will drop their phones, they'll drop what they have in their hands and, uh, it's pretty funny. <laughs> what initially inspired you to outfit? You have a large pickup truck, like you are tough yeah. to miss, but to add to it, you know, the emphasis of being able to throw down the train horn sound on command. Yeah. You know, you know. Honestly, I don't know why I got it um, because it's so obnoxious that like I don't ever really use it unless I'm here. So like I have it really just to mess with people. <laughs> Is there anything that other guys, because a lot of guys will customize their cars and different things. Is there anything that anyone else has that you kind of were like, oh man, that's kind of something cool that maybe I would want to add onto my car at some point in time or on a particular, you know, vehicle at some point? Yeah, so I think Matt Pryor last year, he had a super tall Ram truck, and that's kind of what inspired me to build my big truck is like, because, I mean, like I've always liked trucks, but I've never thought of putting an eight inch lift on it and 37 inch wheels, 24 inch rims. Like I just never thought about that. And then I was like, hey, like I could do that too. And then one thing led to another, I got my truck and then Three months later, I turned it into a monster. I don't think that most people would think like, oh, this guy who grew up in California is like a big pickup truck guy. But it yeah. really does kind of illustrate a little bit about who you, who you are because you do have such a passion for being outdoors. I feel like you very much like have embraced a little bit of like Midwestern, like fishing, being outdoors, all of that. What is it so much that initially piqued your interest, particularly in fishing and just being outdoors as much as possible. Yeah, I say it started with my grandfather. So my grandfather lived up in Northern California and he used to hunt a lot back when it was easier to hunt out there. Um, and he lived next to a big lake. From when we were five years old, we would break into his tackle box and steal his lures and rods and we'd run down there and, and we'd fish the lake and then they'd drive down and they'd like yell at us like, well, you guys aren't supposed to be out here. And then we'd do it again the next day. And uh, we were just some sneaky kids. And, and um, once I got older, we started fishing the ocean, right? Because in California, at least in Southern California, I'd say the most 
the most outdoorsy wild that you could get is mm-hmm. probably the Pacific Ocean. So I started fishing the beach. I started spear fishing, uh, which combined two of my favorite things, which is hunting and hunting and fishing. Um, and then I moved to Indiana where it's a lot easier to find opportunity here. It's just been a slippery slope from there. Now I hunt every single season that uh, they have out here, whether it's all the way from Dove to Turkey. I went to Hawaii uh, this March and I was able to hunt axis deer and mouflon sheep. So, and that's something that I didn't even know that you could do, but I guess they have a big invasive population there and i actually heard about it through through um carson wentz and and i went up there and had an absolute blast i mean up on the holly akala mountain if i'm saying that right you know like like just, i'm not very good at pronouncing those uh, we can names. ask deforest buckner yes. for the pronunciation yes. check right ask him and then i mean you're hunting up there it's clouds like you're like above the clouds and everything you're on top of like a mountain it was awesome how cathartic and therapeutic is that to have that escape, that outlet for you? Absolutely. And I think that's why I'm so drawn to it because it's one thing that it's challenging enough that you're focused on it the whole time. So like you're not thinking about anything else and having a job like this where it can get stressful because one, just the stress of the job, stress of the media, stress of outside factors. Um, there's just a lot of stressors. So it's good to have something that you can become immersed in and, and you're not worrying about that for the time that you're doing it. So far, what is the proudest catch or your proudest kill? Do you have like a a particular trophy that you have so far? Yeah, I mean, I'm not much of a trophy hunter. Like I don't really post anything on social media for that reason because I don't do it for other people. But um, I'd say my best catch, well, it's really fishing. I caught a 400-pound Pacific marlin in in, uh, Kauai two years ago so i i'd I'd probably say that's my biggest my uh, biggest catch but then my biggest fail is i was hunting white-tailed deer here in indiana and i had this eight point buck a huge eight point buck like i estimate he had to be above 150 inches maybe even a like boone and crockett deer i missed him like he was through these trees and I just got so excited that I took the shot, missed him at like 35 yards, and it was the biggest fail of my hunting career so far, and I was devastated. I mean, it hurt me bad, and I didn't end up killing a buck last year, so I went deerless because I don't like to shoot does because then I got to go through the extra work to deal with it. So I, it's like, I will sometimes, but I rather just, just buck hunt. It's one of those things though, where the misses make you appreciate the ones that you get later on, right? You you get a little bit better. You learn from all of those experiences. Well, another skill that you have picked up in a different aspect, you and your family, you have horses now and your wife is pregnant, expecting your second child, your first son Mm -hmm. this spring. So you've had to literally take the reins of doing, of working the horse and and doing all of that. What have you had to learn and embrace in this new role? Yeah. So my wife has had horses since she was three. So she's always wanted them, but 
we never got into them because she never wanted to ask me to buy her a horse for some reason. So I finally just one day is like, I'm just going to buy a horse. Like I'm going to buy her a, a horse. And then, uh, we figured out which one we wanted. We drove to Ohio and then we saw him and his name is Hank, which is her horse. And he's a very well-trained horse. She can't ride him right now because she is pregnant. Right. I don't want her to fall off or anything, but I've been learning to, cause like I can ride horses but I'm not a horse person. Like, mm-hmm. like back in college, she kind of got me into it because that's like her thing. Like she loves horses and stuff. So I tried it out because it's her thing and I wanted to try to get into it too. And I was, I was okay. Um, I wasn't great by any means. Um, I got to ride an off track thoroughbred. And for those of you that know horses, those are pretty hot blooded and they want to keep their head up and run really fast. So there was a couple times where uh she definitely spooked me um but now i just work the horse i just have this lunge rope Mm -hmm. and a stick and i just walk in circles and make him run and then you step in front of him make him go the other side and make him spin around and and like do almost tricks kind of like it kind of sounds funny but i guess that's what you do so i'm learning every single day i'm slowly becoming a horseman (laughs) in a sense (laughs) a colt and a horseman yes (laughs) now you mentioned kiana has ridden horses her entire life mila's almost two yes is she of age to start riding yet so we have put her on hank but just kind of walked her around and she loves it i mean she'll sit on him for like 30 minutes and then we're trying to pull her off and she's crying she's like no like i want to ride hank and she's like hank 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 and i'm like honey Hank you know like Hank is tired like he needs water and like she's like no I don't want to ride him I'm like all right well and then we'll just take her off she's crying but like she's getting better like every day and she just likes to pet him and just be next to him which is kind of dangerous like at the same time because she'll just try and run up to the horse and horses are very powerful so we're trying to teach her that horses can be nice but they are also unpredictable because they are animals um, so, so we're teaching her the fine line, but it's hard to teach a almost two year old anything, but, of course. but we are, especially when she's tempted it. with a horse. Exactly. <laughs> you so. got married during your rookie season, Yes. welcomed your daughter that off season. You have your son coming this mm-hmm. spring, summer yeah. time, May, June. And one of the things you talked about a few weeks ago was the added motivation mm-hmm. of being a father. Absolutely. How much have you enjoyed sharing some of these interests with your daughter? And how much are you looking forward to being able to do these do, do these things also with your son? Yeah, so we actually had a major landmark. So my daughter caught her first fish by herself. I think this was a week and a half ago. So, I mean, I just try to get them to do as much things like in the outdoors like as possible because um, it's what I love. So I figured that they might like it too. And if she gets older and says, dad, like, I don't like this, then like, she doesn't have to do it. But until then, like, she's going to do it. So, (laughs) so, but, um, like, it's like, just like, it's always fun to get them out there and like experience things and like, cause like the outdoors is like therapy, you know, um, and just enjoy creation the way that it was meant to be enjoyed. So a lot of people are well familiar your dad, Super Bowl winning running back, of course, during his NFL career. 
What are the things that he instilled in you or that he taught you that you learned from him outside of football that have impacted you to this point? Yeah, I mean, I would say the most important thing that he's taught me is that you'll never disservice yourself if you give your 110% effort because even if it doesn't work out, you can't say, oh, if I would have did this or maybe if I gave a little bit extra, like I could have been that. So it just makes it so you don't have that regret of like, what if? And then on the other side, just um, being able to handle that pressure that comes like with the job. Um, I feel like the better player you are, the more adversity you face in terms of like media and stuff, because mm-hmm. you get more coverage, you're talked about more. And people talk about the best players in like negative ways. You know, you can go find people that say LeBron's not good or Kobe wasn't good or Michael Jordan, you know what I'm saying? Like you could just go find that anywhere. So, he, you know, just learning to deal with that, like from a early age, you know, back in high school, because once you start to get a little bit of, like a little bit of hype around your name, but hey, this kid's kind of good. You always have somebody like, no, he sucks. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, they're not good. So just like to deal with that from being like in high school. Watching you, game days, camp, any of that, I know that within a few minutes of games getting over, practices getting over, your attention is me- immediately on your family. You're looking for your wife. You're looking for your daughter. It seems like that you totally embrace the girl dad life. Absolutely. What is something that you anticipate about being different, being a father to a little boy? Yeah, I mean, I just, because Mila's already crazy. I can't, I like, I just can't imagine a son because of how I was. I was the crazy kid that was running around. I was sneaking outside, like when my mom wasn't looking and, and basically just causing havoc around the house. So if we have that, then, then, then I don't know what's going to happen. You know, like I'm scared, but I mean, like I'm looking forward to it because, um, being a dad is great. And, and I can't imagine like having a son right now. Cause I have Mila and that's basically like all I know. And it's funny because before I had Mila, like I thought that I had to have a son. Like I was like, I have to have a son because I don't know, I'm some football player. I got to have another football player. But then after having Mila, like I was like, you know what? Like, just like, I don't need to have a son. Like I could have like four, you know, like four girls and like all I'd be happy. Right. Uh, just like, because the love that you get like from your daughters, I mean, I don't have a son yet, so I don't know what a love from a son is but like like I just feel like girls take care of their dad like more than sons do so I'm so either way like I was going to be happy whether we were having four girls or two girls two boys and I say that number because I think that we want four kids so I think that Philip has rubbed off on me and I don't want nine but but I think I think that we want four are you breaking news right here on the podcast for four kids in the Pittman family you got the yeah. the Pittman six pack yeah well right here. everybody in my family knows it that like our main goal is six kids but we're just taking it slow like we're gonna see how two is and if two is manageable then we'll go to three and then once we're at three we might as well go four any you mentioned Philip any advice that you got from Philip Rivers about parenting no but I actually should 
hit him back up because when he was on the team, I wasn't even a parent yet. You know, I was still working towards towards uh, being a parent. But I talked to Aaron Burrill, who has four kids, and I just straight up asked him, like, hey, do you regret having four kids? And he said no. Like, he just didn't even – like he didn't even think about it, didn't didn't like like oh um maybe if we no like he was like no like just like I love having all of them and and like really what I want is like when they're all older and we're all taking a family vacation you know you got a twenty year old eighteen year old seventeen year old and fifteen year old and they're all able to function like on their own and our Christmases are big you know I got a bunch of grandkids and and like and like we're just a big a big party like wherever we go so I love that that's incredible Aaron Burrell of course a part of the athletic training staff here has been here for a very very long time okay you have a lot coming up over the course of the off season you're gonna welcome your son you're gonna mm -hmm. hunt you're gonna fish anything in particular that you're really looking forward to over the spring or the summer when you get a little bit of that that downtime oh, I'm trying to think there's nothing in particular I mean I'm thinking of heading down to Southern California, maybe getting on some bluefin tuna, but it all depends on when my uh, son comes because we don't know like when he's going to come. So we're just waiting for him. It could be today. It could be in a month. So we're all just waiting on his plan. But something I have planned for next year, I'm going to New Zealand next March. But that's super far from now. So that like, sounds incredible. Yeah. Well, when you get back from that trip, we'll just go ahead and plan in advance. We're going to have you yeah. come back and talk about New Zealand. And so excited for the arrival of baby boy Pittman. I am sure, no doubt, you will get the fishing pole in his hands Absolutely. promptly upon arrival. Michael Pittman Jr., thank you so much for the time. Thank you, guys.